Hello, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of What's on Tap. I am Ron Luce. I am joined by uh, a familiar face. We saw him about uh, ooh, 24 hours ago. I am joined by Mr. Tyler Edmonds there on the bottom of your screen. Um, and the cheese man's able to join us tonight. Mr. Joey Ricotta is on the microphone with us tonight. Gentlemen, uh, first off, how are we doing this evening before we uh, start to get into the uh, the X's and O's of what happened in uh, MLB free agency today? Hey, I'm good, man. Uh, you know, everybody everybody's talking this morning about the big Aaron Judge signing. There was a big signing earlier this morning that we almost had. We almost were live to talk about it then. But a shot of Jameson, baby. Uh, I'm good. I'm doing good. Good, man. Joey, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, you know, I'm kind of just like moseying through life right now. I'm good, but like I feel like I'm like I've been staring at screens. I've been giving myself headaches for the last three days, um, at least the last two. Yeah, maybe some calluses too. Though they're working hard. That refresh button, it's working hard. Been pressing buttons real hard. Um, It feels like all my real life conversations that I've been having, I've been like one. It's one year out, one year in, and one year out because. I barely can pay attention long enough before I have to check my phone. So to answer your question, I'm good, but I would be much better if I didn't have to do this shit for much longer. <laughs> I feel that man. And I, I, I totally get that. And yeah, I mean the, the winter meetings are, are slowly coming to an end here. And it's kind of weird because like Tuesday was so active, right? Like, Everybody signing people, you know, judge stays in New York, you know, like it just chaos ensued, even into like kind of the early hours of this morning, really, is what it was. Just pure chaos. You know, obviously the Cubs getting Jameson tie on, which we're gonna talk about here in, in a few minutes. Um, you know, and then there was a couple of moves on Wednesday, and now everything's like eerily quiet. And I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I'm still excited, but like I'm losing hope, but I'm not losing hope. And I think we're going to get to that here in a little while as well, uh, probably toward the end of the show. But let's let's discuss things that we already do know that aren't hypotheses, that aren't um, six senses uh, that we tangibly know have come true. And that is um, the Cubs signing Jameson Tyon. I think that's a great place for us to start. Four-year deal, $68 million, comes out to a $17 million a year average. Uh, truthfully, for a guy who... Last season through 177 innings with a 3.91 ERA. And had, I mean, granted, take wins for what they are, but he was 14 and five last year for the Yanks. Um, pitched really well last season. Had a really good year. He's obviously had some solid years back in his days with Pittsburgh. Um, you know, had a couple couple of rough years in there, and then obviously had Tommy John in 2020, which which kept him out. But looked good, and and now the Cubs have a guy. They got another guy to add to the rotation with the likes of Justin Steele and Marcus Stroman. Um, you know, and others, I, I say others because we're still kind of learning what the rotation is going to look like minus those two. Uh, but uh, gentlemen, let, let's, let's talk a little bit about what we think here about uh, Mr. Shada Jameson here. And, and, and Tyler, with that note, I'll uh, I'll let you lead it off, man. How are you feeling about the tie-on sign? Like you said, we almost broke it. We were, yeah. we were still talking on here, you you Juice and I, when the, the rumbling started coming out that he was going to be signing. Well, dude, we we've been we've talked about it. We needed a we needed a pitcher, and Tyon was one of those guys that that we mentioned that could be a possibility and a guy that a guy that we would like to have. Uh, like you said, he's familiar already with the NL Central. Um, he's put up not like outstanding numbers, but quality numbers. And all those numbers you just talked about was in New York. 
He did that in New York. And I know people are just, well, whatever. It, it's a different animal. New York's a different animal. Plus, you take away, uh, you know, he had half, you know, probably half those starts at home. Uh, you've got the short porch there. Uh, maybe he got robbed on a few runs a couple of times that maybe wouldn't have been runs in other places. So, you know what? Jameson Tyon is uh, number three guy for us, Number probably number three. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. Joey, what are your thoughts on, on the signing right out the gate here? Um, just like Tyler said, you know, it's it's um he's a warrior, I think, with uh, you know, he's beaten cancer. That's kind of actually makes for a decent little reunion if they can pull the trigger on Trey Mancini, maybe too. Not reunion, but like uh, you know, let's get the the cancer survivors uh together. That would be kind of cool. Nice little like storyline. Two two guys with the uh, a true just immaculate willpower absolutely man and then the, uh that you guys mentioned you know the tommy john um you know he's he's dealt through some things he's not like a crazy strikeout getter obviously um i kind of feel like maybe a little bit pricey on the pricier side for a guy that you're kind of locking in as a three but it seems to me that the that's just the going rate right now like that's just the going rate. Taiwan Walker and him seem like pretty similar pitchers. Walker got a little bit more on the on the dollar value per year. Um, I, I believe it was like one million more than uh, Tyon. So I don't know, man. The Cubs locked on him pretty early on. It sounds like Jed and you know Tommy Hadovy and those guys. They see an arsenal that they can work with. They see a guy that has, and it's pretty diverse. He's got like a six pitch mix. Um, he doesn't really strike a ton of guys out, but his, he's got an elite walk rate. Like this guy doesn't walk hardly anybody. He was like in the top five percentile of the league last season, as far as walk rate goes. So, um, yeah, I'm just really, I'm really excited because I think that this kind of really bolsters the for sure guys that you can kind of pencil in if healthy. And, uh, even if it does look on the surface, like it's a little bit pricey. That's just the going rate right now. Pitching is crazy. It's so hard to predict these oh, yeah. contracts this season. Yeah. Um, I think I've done a pretty decent job just like personally looking at like player markets positionally, like what they're gonna get. And like like Contreras, like I, I thought I think he's probably going to get 18 million a season. Um, and he got 17.5. He didn't quite get that 18 million, but it was close. And that's why I thought there was a shot that he accepts the qualifying offer. Now Contreras took the guaranteed money, but Pitching, dude, pitching is flying off the charts as far as uh, the, like Kenley Jansen. Like, look what Kenley Jansen yeah. got as a reliever. Like, and he's not in his prime. So, like, how Monster valuable money. pitching is. What was it, like 16 million a year? Um, I believe it was like 32 million yeah. uh, for two years. Year. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he's he's making almost what Tyon got paid as a reliever yeah. later in his career. And I, you know what? I mean, I, I personally look back at, at Tyon's career. And I really think between the cancer and the Tommy John, like he kind of got robbed of his ascent. If you really mm -hmm. look at the pattern yeah. that was happening, because obviously 2016 was his rookie season. He comes in at age 24, 104 innings as a rookie, 18 games started pretty, pretty solid. Only 85 strikeouts. I say only still not a bad number, but, um, and only 17 walks then in, in, in 2017, it creeps up a little more, right? 25 starts, 46 walks only to 125 strikeouts. Very nice numbers. And then in 2018, 
He only had a 320 ERA, two complete games, one complete game shutout through nearly 200 innings and only walked 46 guys to 179 strikeouts. Like, those are great freaking numbers. And then he only pitches seven games, making seven starts in 2019, is robbed of the 2020 season, and then really was making his way back in 2021. Still started 29 games for the Yankees. Didn't pitch as many innings, obviously, only 140, uh, 144 in the third innings. 140 strikeouts, so at least almost a, a strikeout per any guy, only 44 walks. And then, Joey, to your point, last season, 32 starts. Kind of felt like he got back to that point where he was in 2018. And 177 in a third innings, 151 Ks, only 32 walks with a 391 ERA. Again, like you said, in New York, and not just in New York from a market standpoint, the pressure of pitching in New York. In New York, playing in the AL East, which is arguably one right. of the – craziest divisions in baseball on a year-to-year basis. So I really think that shows a lot of where Tyon is. And that was only his age 30 season. Like you probably got two years of still his prime, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Of Tyon in his prime years, 31, 32. And they got two years where, yeah, maybe you're like, ah, that's 17. You wish it was more like 12. But again, like Joey said, that's just the going rate right now for pitching. But I'll tell you what, what I, I think I like about it the most, um, I saw something a little bit earlier that strikes me that this is a guy that the Cubs targeted, right? And I think we're we're starting to understand that, that this new regime for the Cubs, post-Theo with, you know, Kantrovitz and, and Carter Hawkins in the front office, uh, they know how to evaluate pitching. We've seen a lot of that, right? We've seen guys like Brandon Hughes come up. We've seen guys like Scotty Efros come up. We, we've seen guys like Justin Steele take that next step forward. This, this is a guy I think they really, really wanted because according to what I heard, he said that only one team met with him in person, not over like a Zoom call, and that was the Cubs. So that, that goes a long, a long way, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of t- it's, a lot, it's very efficient for teams to just be able to get on a Zoom call with guys, obviously, right? But like in order to meet with them in person, that, that goes a long way saying, hey, guy, we want you here. We want you to be a part of this. And I think he's going to fit really well with with Stroh and with Steele and and whomever fills out the last two rotation spots. So I think it is a really good get. And guys, I want to I want to kind of stay along the tie on lines here just really quick, but I want to gauge your guys' opinion on something, and that is kind of the like what happens now, right? Because seventeen million dollars a year kind of screams to me like, hey, this we expect this guy to be like a number probably three, right? I mean, I think we all can confidently sit here and say that Steele has earned the right to be the one. Obviously, you know, Stroh is is the the big money man. He's probably going to be your two going into next season. So Tyon probably slots in as a three right now. They're still reportedly in on Senga. Mm-hmm. There's still some arms out there. Obviously, they maybe aren't as high profile as guys like Tyon and Walker were and, and some of these other guys that have signed, right? Chris Bassett's and things like that. Do you think that they still truly go get a guy like Senga or another guy that's going to cost them probably over 12 to 13 mil? Or do you think they opt for those guys kind of in the mid-range that might command more like Wade Miley money where it's like $10 million or $9 million and maybe only for like one or two seasons? Because I think if they could get Senga, they would pull the trigger and do it still. But if they are out on Senga – I'm wondering if they go to the bargain bin. So I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on here. Joey, I'll, I'll turn to you here first, my man. Uh, just what do you think? Like, what what is the pitching outlook now as a result of them signing James Tyon? They've got – man, 
I mean, it's a great question because you look at their their depth just from a pitching starting pitching standpoint and what you can do with the flexibility with those guys with Adrian Sampson kind of ha- having a really nice season last year and not that he was supposed to be the first person that I named, but just thinking depth-wise, I'm kind of working backwards and then forwards here. Like you got Javier Assad who looked decent. You've got those guys that are on the bottom edge where they can probably be solid bullpen arms and spot start guys. Do you want to rely on them going into the season? Probably not, and you probably don't need to, especially if we think that Wes Neski can be – Like a lot of people are high, have high hopes for Wes Neski, and he looked dominant. Like that's that's kind of the guy that I really think – should be in the rotation, but if you go out there and you get another guy, then you're kind of blocking him from what are you going to do, six man rotation? Because I think we all believe that you have five guys and you're going to give Hendricks that fifth spot, right? Out of respect, out of him working with driveline, seeing if he can get back to the Kyle Hendricks of old. It's probably going to be a really short leash, right? Like, but going into the season, I'm I'm assuming that he's in the rotation as everybody does. And so now you look at it at the top. I actually would probably push back on Steele being number one. I think out of respect to kind of similar to Hendricks, I think Stroman's probably walking in opening day starter. Um, and, and you know, he pitched really well in the second half too. So, like, you could really sure. make an argument of, like, which one gets the one or two between him and Steele. I think the potential ace, the horse in that staff right now, obviously we like what, what we saw from Wesneski, but Steele has that lefty strikeout power past you the slider's disgusting he could pound that thing into righties with the fastball and he was doing that and we saw a lot of that last year and that's what made him really effective like minimizing it to like those two that two pitch mix um i know i'm focusing on what the cubs have right now more than anything but like i think keegan goes back in the bullpen i really do that's that's agreed what happens, I'm assuming, especially when you go out and get a guy like Jameson Tyon, Tyon, Tyone, you can fuck that name up so many different ways. Um, I've heard Talion, I've heard Talon. It's just, I heard, it, that, I, heard I heard somebody say Talion the one day, and I like, I just, my brain cringed. I was just <laughs> like, nah. like, it was just, yeah. oh, ugh. anyway, sorry, continue. Yeah, Tyon or Tyon, I think, is acceptable, yeah. but those, there's like, tie-on, yeah. there's no tail. It's not a tail. Uh, a talium, whatever you want to say. Um, sorry for making yep. you cringe again, Ron, but honestly, <laughs> though, I, I do think, man, like, they can go out and get another horse. Like, you can go out. I would love to see the Sangha, that, that ghost fork that he throws. That ghost fork is disgusting. It was actually the hardest hit, hardest pitch to make contact with in Japan, uh, based on a profile that I was reading mm-hmm. and and looking at. Like the hardest pitch to make contact with, on top of a, of a pitch that he can get up to a hundred with that fastball and the, just the arsenal that he has. I think if you don't land, I guess this will be like my prediction right here. I think if you don't land Correa, which you can still go ahead and get Correa and or like a Bogarts and a Sanga. Mm-hmm. I think if they, they end up with a, a Swanson, they're probably going to go ahead and like reverse engineer. You're still going to have to go ahead and get hitters, though, too, on top of that. But I think they might go really pitching dominant, go out there and get Sanga and maybe trade some of the starting pitching depth that you might not feel as confident in, but another team might be like, hey, we'll take that in the deal. We could package him together and get like a Sean Murphy. I'm not saying like – just an option out there. I honestly think that's probably outside 
chance that the Cubs would get like a catcher like Sean Murphy at this point. Cause I think the asking price is a little high, but it sounds like they're looking at uh major league talent. So I don't know. I feel like I've been talking for like five minutes, but my head is all over the place, Ron. I've been, we've been looking at staring at screens for hours. It's, I don't know. I feel like I need sleep. It's, it's a wild time right now to be a Cubs fan. That it is Tyler. I would, I would love to get your thoughts here. Like what, what is the path forward? Not to beat the uh, not to beat the same drum that we've been scrolling and, and reading and listening to all day long and yesterday and everything like that. I think all of it, like Joe just said, I think a lot of it depend. All of it will depend on if we sign one of the shortstops and who we sign. Obviously, if we sign Correa, I don't see us jumping on the single on the single wagon just because uh, supposedly, uh, and I hate. I'm not 100% sure how accurate it is, but uh, John Heyman said earlier today on MLB Network, he's looking for a five-year deal, uh, depending on what that would be annually. Who knows? But if we were to get to, if we were to get a guy like Correa, I don't see, I don't, I don't know if necessarily we would be able to afford him. It just depends on what his price is. But then, if, you know, we go with somebody like a Swanson, whoever. No matter what happens, whatever happens with the shortstops, I think will determine as far as who will sign next, uh, as far as pitchers. Uh, Bassett, I heard Bassett in the mix. I've heard, uh, obviously Senga, uh, but I think they're going to sign at least, they, they've got to sign at least one other pitcher. I know we've talked and talked and talked about depth and everything like that, but you guys know very beginning of this season, we talked about it last night. Our, the majority of our reports on our page earlier this year was injuries, 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 injuries. So I would be perfectly fine. Even if it's like a guy like, I, w- I would be I would be fine with uh, let's let's uh, talk to Drew Smiley again. Uh, maybe Wade Miley. If I had to pick between one of them, I'd pick Smiley. But uh, maybe one of those guys. Maybe and uh, at the same time, though, a guy like Drew Smiley with the numbers he put up last year, I'd love to have him. But uh, his asking price is going to be higher. I think, uh, like what Joey said, uh, that maybe the new ten, the new one year ten million dollar deal is now. 15 million, 17 million, whatever it is. Uh, maybe that's just the new mo- because you've got, you, you know, you had uh, you had Verland, the whole Verlander and uh, Verlander and Degrom signings. Those signings, yeah, they're you know you got Degrom coming off the the Cy Young and or not Degrom, but uh, Verlander coming off the Cy Young and Degrom being Degrom. Those guys set the bar. Yeah, they, we all figured they were going to make that much, but then you've got you, them two. Rodon, you know, right below there, and then maybe Bassett in that same group, and then a, a tier below that. And even those tiers, like even the third, the third tier guys are gonna make more than what they would have last year. Absolutely. So um either way, I think the the next move that happens as far as with shortstops, whichever one of those guys sign, I think more teams are gonna get desperate to sign somebody. Hey, we gotta hurry up and sign somebody, Let, whether it's a pitcher. Like if we don't sign any of the shortstops, knock on wood, uh, I would I would hope we would sign at least one of these pitchers. I hope we would jump in on the uh on the singa on the singa sweepstakes because I like the whole idea of, of Juice's uh cub hub. I think that, you know, because even not to not to even branch even way farther out there, but supposedly. We, which just like all the other 30 teams, are going to be in talks with Otani, who's a free agent. Maybe Senga is a, is a bridge to that. I don't know. Just throwing that crap out there. But, um, yeah, I would expect us to at least get another pitcher, whether that's a, you know, a third-tier guy, second-tier guy, whatever. But, uh, yeah, 
it's just all going to depend on, I, I feel like, what shortstop goes where. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's there are so many different ways this can go, right? Because, Joey, as you kind of mentioned too, right, they're still going to need some bats. And the, you know what? I think we – and this is a collective we. This isn't necessarily we just that comes on tap. I think this is we as MLB fans that are watching MLB free agency right now are so focused on the big names, right? The judges, the Correas, the the four big shortstops that we've discussed that, you know, a lot of these guys are going under the radar. Like the Cubs mm-hmm. could easily turn around and go get, you know, a quote-unquote bench bat guy, maybe like a Jerickson Profar or an Adam Duvall or – Matt if you want Carpenter? to upgrade third base, it, maybe if you really wanted to get Carpy, you could play him as a DH, I guess. But like, you know, it, there, there's a good list of players still out there. Drain, or Brandon Drury had a really nice year yeah, last year. Very good. Justin year. Turner, if you want a one-year deal at yep. a third base, he's out on the market. Evan Longoria, if you want a one-year deal for an older third baseman, like there's still a lot of pretty decent players on the market that I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are forgetting about, and. You know, I I think that will allow them to be okay. I think they need to get, like we talked about off air before this, they need to get one shortstop. They need to get one of these guys. Even if it is Dansby. I know he's the quote-unquote lesser of the four, but, like, he's still a really good fucking player. Like, that still is going to make your team better at the end of the day. But right now, I look at the starting pitching market, guys, and – I, I can't see them paying Carlos Rodon. I just immediately throw that out, out of my head. I'm just like, I just don't see it happening. I don't think they want to give the dollars that he's looking for, you know, because he had two really good seasons. Like, I just don't think that happens. And as a result, like you guys said, I kind of start looking at this next tier of guys, kind of where, you know, a tie-on kind of like filled in and, and sits there's some pretty decent guys out there. A guy that was tied to the Cubs earlier this season, Corey Kluber, is kind of yep. right in that range. If you go by war, I know war is a very flawed statistic, but it's what they put in the MLB.com article that lists all the top free agents at each position. For example, Carlos Rodon was technically the best pitcher on the market if you go by war. He was an 11.1 uh, compared to Kershaw and DeGrom, who were the next two behind him at 7.2 and 7.1. But another guy that could make a lot of sense for the Cubs He's 33 years old, but he's had a couple of really good years, and a lot of people don't appreciate him unless you really follow baseball. What about Nathan Eovaldi? Like, yes. how cool would a guy like that be maybe That's on a yeah. three- or a four-year contract? Flame thrower. Yeah, like, he's he's still a really good Wait, pitcher. Did he not? He didn't accept the qualifier, though. No. He didn't, but the, it's still attached to him. And I I, there was a report earlier today that I saw, Joey. I'm glad you brought that up, that a lot of a lot of people are hypothesizing the markets for guys like Evaldi, for Bassett, for some of the other guys are going to be slower because they are attached to the qualifying offer. Mm-hmm. Guys that aren't attached to the qualifying offer flying off the shelves like toys at Christmas time. Like, that's just how it is right now. And that's, and that's what's making, they, uh, not to cut you off, Correa – making Correa super attractive right now. Too. Absolutely, because he's, he's not, not attached to it at all, right? So that is, I think, something that a lot of people are going. But, guys, even if they don't want to go after a Nivaldi or a Bassett or a Kluber or a Sean Manaya, those are probably some of the bigger names that are still out there, obviously, besides Rodon. You know, but what what about bringing Wade Miley back on a one-year contract? You know, 3.5 war last year. I mean, he, he obviously pitched very sparingly, but, like, if Andrew he Andrew Haney's going to get a two year deal with good money from Texas, who he's technically was better than, as long as Miley could stay healthy, Miley was the better t- pitcher technically than Smiley last season, contrary to popular belief. If you go by WAR again, if you go by WAR, no, it's a flawed yes. statistic, but just bear with me. So 
you know, there is a chance I think they could reunite with one of the two that they had last season if if all else fails. Um, I really do think though that Jed and 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 Carter in the front office right now probably are focusing on Senga. I think they really want Senga. I think in their in their eyes, they're turning their 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 sights to Bogarts or Swanson with Senga in mind, right? Like I think the Correa idea has kind of passed because now that San Fran missed out on Judge, they're ready to go bonkers and spend a fuck ton of money. You know, the Padres, for whatever forsaken fucking reason, oh, are yeah. are still in the market for middle infielders. It's not like they don't have Machado and Tatis on the left side of their infield, but I digress. And and, and you just went out and got Soto, and you know I get it. You gotta you gotta keep up with the Joneses that are the Dodgers in your division, but like powerhouse over there, man. They're all yeah. they're all swinging dicks over there in the California, NFC West. just big old swinging dicks. Well, everybody everybody that's not named the Rockies. The, the one thing, backs, the one thing with San sorry, Diego, the one thing with San Diego, as far as wanting to spend this money on, let's say a Correa, it makes you wonder how they feel about Manny Machado next year. Opting opting for free out. agent, yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe they, maybe they just, maybe they've got a hunch that, uh, yeah, Manny's, Manny's going to walk out for a little bit and ask for more money, and maybe they're just preparing themselves for that by, you know, adding a career. Who knows? Maybe no, and that's I, I, I wonder absolutely that think same that's thing something. Too. I think that's something that's in their minds too, and I think also something that's in their minds, guys, is Tatis being kind of a knucklehead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like exactly. riding motorcycles and supposedly being kind of negative in the clubhouse for this team. Like maybe they're they're in, in a situation where they're like, shit, we gotta have something in place. Mm-hmm. God forbid Tatis you know blows his hand off or something. Yeah. And like you said, Machado walks as a, as an opt-out next season. And so, he's and he's technically like he's probably next year going to be valued as a shortstop because that's what I mean. He was he was a shortstop for the Dodgers. Went to San Diego and got that three hundred plus million dollar deal. He probably thinks hey, I'm a you know in his mind he's Maybe a shortstop yep. that's playing third base. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's absolutely a possibility too. So that's going to be really something interesting to watch. But I, like I said, I think as a result of that, I've, I've kind of mentally told myself the Cubs aren't getting Correa. So really, it is probably a Bogarts or a Swanson. I'd love to see Senga. I wouldn't even be mad if, if maybe they missed on Senga and they go after like two of those guys that are kind yeah. of in that mid-range. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's a bad idea at all no. because, again, we've seen – I mean, how many how many times, guys, did we sit here, especially early last season, on this, this podcast and just absolutely want to bash our heads in because the pitching staff couldn't stay healthy? Like, oh, all the time. That yeah. was a big you issue. Know, all the and, time. And, and, and I'm sure that's, the, that's the part shorter, of the reason why I don't really want a guy like Miley, though. I will say that. I think if you're going to, if you would want one of those two, that's part of the reason why I would want a Smiley. Miley will be entering his what, 36 year year old season, something like that. Okay. Correct. Yep. Which, you know, I honestly think if you're going to go, if you're going to go that route at all, though, this is just kind of like what I've been now I was thinking after we've been sitting here. If you're going to go that route at all, I don't even know if you need to. Like, I know you need like a t- like you want depth as much depth as possible, and like maybe you want a bullpen role for those guys too. Like and but there are some relievers out there that you might be able to take. Stab Andrew Chafin's on the market. There's just so little spots. Like that's why honestly, Ron and Tyler, I think this is a spot. This the Cubs are in a beautiful position to make a trade. This they are they. I think yeah. they are going to make a trade once they land whatever that fish is. Whichever one it is, that big yeah. one. Uh, yeah, 
something's popping off. They've been talking to different G. I mean, it's been a while since we've actually seen like a really big trade from the Cubs outside of the like the teardown, right? Like the get rid of the core. We haven't seen like an acquisition trade. Yeah, yeah. I think it's coming. I really do. Yeah, maybe. So I, I think I think that's the beauty of right where I wanted that conversation to go was we're all just as clueless, right? Like all of us are like, well, they could do this, they could do that. But I think what I wanted to highlight with that, guys, for for our listeners and 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 even for just us as as the off season kind of rolls along, is there's still a lot of pretty okay options out there on the market. Maybe guys that aren't necessarily game changers like these top four shortstops and an Aaron Judge and some of those kind of guys, but there's still a lot of quality talent out there available for the Cubs to sign and. I, I think we've we all know that Jed's kicking the tires on just about every single guy humanly possible. Um, so moves are going to happen. I think just the big dominoes all need to fall in order for some of those smaller ones to continue to fall. Um, but guys, with with free agency in mind, but kind of on the back burner for at least a few minutes here, the division rivals picked up a friendly face of ours. Wilson Contreras is now oh, yeah, a St. Louis Cardinal, and you know, we could we could break down what this means. I would turn our listeners to Joey, your article that you wrote today about yep. um, kind of you know Wilson Contreras' fit uh, with the Cardinals and and why the Cubs may be passed on it. And for those that are curious, where you can find that on tapsportsnet.com, you can find that under our Cubs section. Um, but guys, I want to start first with just raw reaction because there was a lot of raw reaction on Twitter today, and I admittedly went out and I tweeted and I said I was going to leave some of my thoughts and feelings for this show because I wanted I wanted to I wanted to get people in. I wanted them to join us. Uh, we haven't had any any comments yet tonight. Hopefully that uh changes before we wrap up here to this evening. But guys like this is this is where I want you to kind of let me hear it. Like I want I want to know how you guys are feeling. Joey I'll let you let off last time. So Tyler I'll go right back to you my friend. Um just raw reaction. How you feeling? Uh my instant reaction when I saw it. I wasn't shocked because, you know, we've heard the rumors. We've heard that, you know, Absolutely. ever since, you know, all offseason. Yeah, it sucks. It was kind of a punch to the gut to see him sign there. But uh, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at him. I'm not. And I'm not even mad. I'm not mad that, that you know, Jed let him walk. Here's the thing that, that kind of ticked me off. It, it had nothing to do with him. It had nothing to do with our front office. It's all these Cubs fans on Twitter that want to blast Wilson – that want to blast uh, Jed. Oh, why didn't you trade him? Why didn't you trade him by the trade deadline last year? And blah blah blah. Or the let let's be honest. All of you out there that are saying, "Oh, you should have traded him by the trade deadline last year," those same people, those same people, are the ones that would complain more than likely, complain and cry that we traded him for some mid-level guy. Some mid-level level guy, some who's he? Let, let's even be honest. If he even got traded for uh, uh, Urquidy for the Astros, we would have probably been saying the same. We traded Wilson for this guy. Urquidy's great, but a lot of people didn't realize Urquidy was great until the playoffs this this past postseason. But those same people would would be upset and pissed off, yelling on Twitter about how oh we traded him for this guy and anything like that. And those are those are the ones that would honestly ball if they traded him for, for anyone. It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. At the end of the day, I kind of smiled after just thinking about all of it because at the end of the day, St. Louis 
acknowledged, acknowledged that Wilson <laughs> was better than Yachty. They paid Wilson more. I love that. I love the fact I was just, I, I was hoping if anything, cause you heard the rumors. I was really hoping the next thing I was hoping was, Oh, please, 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 please pay him more, pay him more. And they did. I don't care what you want to say. Oh, well, the market's different now. It don't matter on paper. Wilson got paid more than Yachty. St. Louis finally has a, has a, 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 a catcher that, that knows how to catch. They haven't had anything like that in the past 20 years. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, it sucks. It, it, it's going to suck watching them play in St. Louis. It's going to sting a little bit, but, uh, but, at the, and I'm, I may be talking a little bit too much, but at the same time, maybe St. Louis, maybe St. Louis was the only place Wilson saw that he was going to get a lot of playing time behind home plate. Houston was looking at him. Houston was looking at him for left field and, and the DH spot more than anything. Yeah. Yep. Other than that, what else there? What else? Where else were there? Where where else was he going to go? Maybe I know like last offseason or the trade deadline, the people were talking about maybe Tampa. Jed took a chance. Hey, I'm going to let him play out this season. Maybe he signs with us. Maybe he doesn't. He didn't. I'm fine with it. And the and it sounds like you're. I'm fine. I'm fine. But I'm really not. I'm 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 good with <laughs> you're it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine the, with it. Like and then like the what, crying behind it. Yeah. No. What, like what you said a few weeks ago. I'm over. You know, he was talking about 2016. You know, I'm over. I'm you know I'm over being pissed off about the old core guys not coming back. I'm over it. I'm over that. And it's time that most. It, it, it's time that fans got over it. Because it's just it's it's exhausting. Because if you pay, and I promise I'll shut up here after this, if you pay, let's let's say we paid seventeen point five million dollars. That same seven, maybe we paid him eighteen. Let's say we paid him twenty million dollars for four years. Those same people are going to bitch because well, we paid him those twenty million dollars a year. What if that keeps us from getting one of these shortstops? What if that keeps us from getting another pitcher that we want? What no, those keeps... people won't even think – some of those people won't even think about that. Those Maybe not. Yeah, Maybe. we extended Wilson. And then those are the people halfway through this season that are going to bitch because we don't have pitching. That we, Oh, my gosh, our pitching stuff's getting lit up. Well, you know what? We pay $20 million for a catcher that, you know, I love the guy, appreciate the guy. I would have loved to seen him retire as a Cub. But you know what? Our front office obviously knows him better than just about anybody, any other organization. They saw he wasn't worth that much to them. Okay, move on, make your money. You know, go go live your life and go make your money. And and, and I hope you have a, a great rest of your career. Joey, talk to me. How you feeling? I got a lot of thoughts. Tyler, man, I didn't want you to stop talking because you were on a roll too. Um, but I got a lot of thoughts on this situation because on one hand, it's like, Wilson, man, like you did so much for this organization. You did so much for us as Cubs fans. The very first pitch he saw, he cracked one out of the ballpark. Ron, you have a lot of memories of that, obviously. Sure do. And, it was an attendance for it. Um, so, I mean, he was, you know, longest tenured, I guess. I'm pretty sure still when he left. Um, so this is, now we know he's not coming back, right? So it's like it's hard. This is He's been with the team forever with the organization forever and so i understand that side of it right like the whole fan part of it it hits me too that him just leaving the fact that he's leaving and then you talk about going to your arch nemesis 
your rival, those dirty, disgusting, I hate them so freaking much because every time it seems like the Cubs are, are on the way climbing up uh, over them every single year, here they come. They're going to make it somehow competitive. At least that's how it was growing up. And it just kind of feels that way. And now you, they stole him away. The Cardinals stole him away. I'm not mad though. Like I'm happy for him. I'm not, I have no animosity towards Wilson. I think it's great for him for getting his money and, you know, maybe he got a little bit less than I thought that he was going to get um, on the open market. Like I thought he was going to get 18, but he's close to it. 17, five per year. And okay. Like that's fine. You know, I mean, that's the Cubs philosophically chose not to bring him back. And I don't think it was just a jet Oyer thing. I know people are, Wanting to put it on Jed, I think this was an internal discussion, a lot of internal discussions with coaching. And who's a guy that knows the position better than anybody or the, as good as anybody? The manager. Yeah. David Ross. David he's Ross. The, he's the former catcher. Yeah. Yeah. The, how many guys has he caught like big games for? Like yeah. John Lester? Caught an area no hitter. There's a reason to me. And that just that report or whatever people were, there was stuff going on about John Lester, like, oh, he he's working against the Cubs with, you know, St. Louis because the Cubs disrespected him. Bull fucking shit. He was just at Wrigley towards the end of the season. He was giving Justin Steele pointers. He's good friends with Ross. He has great relationships with people in the Cubs helping, organization. Helping recruit Xander Bogarts. Yeah, team. pitching Xander Go do you think? Do you honestly think that he was like working against the Cubs on this to talk to somebody uh, it, with the with the Cardinals because he was trying to pit? He was pissed at the Cubs. Absolutely freaking not. Absolutely, that never happened. That's just ridiculous. Um, so, anyways, I just think going back to the point with the the catcher part, there's a reason why Lester and guys like that they want to pitch to. They wanted to pitch to, to Ross, for example. Lester wanted to pitch to Ross as his designated catcher. There's a reason why that's why Ross came in here, you know, because of Lester. That's why he was signed by the Cubs. But um, look at guys like Kyle Hendricks. They want to pitch to Jan Gomes, right? Catching, there's a lot of nuance to catching. It's not just – and Wilson Contreras has the most passion out of any player probably. Like I don't know if there's a more passionate player than Wilson Contreras. He plays with that fire – the Venezuelan like juice is just like mm -hmm. pumping through his blood. And he, this dude, he's probably going to kill somebody on the field. Yep. Like at some point. And, <laughs> oh yeah. And that'd be great. Like I would love to see it. Not, I don't actually want him to kill somebody, but just, just watch a Milwaukee series that they play next year. There you go. Oh, that's gonna Keep hitting them. Oh yeah. my God. If it's competitive and you have a, and he's on a winner next year. Yeah. Just watch it. Yeah. He's going to fight somebody. It's going to be annoying if they're winning with Wilson Contreras, right? It's going to be annoying if they're kicking our ass and he's hitting a bunch of bombs. I, I'm going to absolutely hate every part of that, but there's a lot of nuance to being a catcher. Pitch framing, throwing, managing a game, calling a game, working with pitching staffs, the, just the planning before the game, the relationships you're building with an entire staff. I'm not saying that Wilson Contreras is a bad teammate. I think he'll go to war for his teammates. I think he's really good with the younger players like Christopher Morrell, Nelson Velasquez, all those guys. But I think the Cubs took a philosophical approach. They're looking for something in particular, specifically specific traits, and just 
what they're looking for in a catcher defensive an importance on the defensive side of things. And that's not to say there's a lot of people talking about Contreras is horrible at it. I'm not saying he's horrible at it. I just don't think he's as good as they want him to be, especially for a team that's trying to build up this young pitching group and guys, they're really putting importance on the prospects and acquisitions. It also lures free agent pitchers. So I don't have a problem with them moving on. I'm I'm getting sick of the Jed Hoyer shit though. Like 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 you said, Tyler. Like we're putting this on Jed Hoyer, who has not had a free reign and spending money for a while now, and now he's getting a little bit of free reign, reportedly, supposedly. We don't know exactly 100, percent but that's what's been floated out there. And now, so he gets a chance to actually build this thing back up. And we're already saying he's doing he's doing a terrible job because what they haven't won for two seasons. It's been two seasons since they haven't been – two seasons. Do you know how many teams go through exactly. long lulls of not being in the postseason? It's been two. We're fucking spoiled. I'm getting sick, and that's why I'm getting a little upset right now because it, it, it actually fucking pisses me off reading these comments. I'm can sorry we, I'm cussing. Can we bring up the post that uh, was a very popular post on Twitter today, the voting – the poll? Y'all know what I'm talking about? We, yes. Yeah, that – I mean, no, because it, there's no context right. to it, yeah. so it's, it's ridiculous. Not, yeah, they just, yeah, huh. it's going to make you mad. It's it gonna, it's, yeah. I'm already mad, right. Tyler. No, but you're right though. That's just a, it was it was a clickbait type of but engagement like if, thing. If, if, if fans want to be mad at somebody, if fans just want to be pissed off, and I, I, like, obviously we're not. We done said we're happy for them. If people want to be pissed, why not point the finger at Wilson instead of Jed? It's like Wilson chose. That's who. That's who he chose. He and could have taken a, the qualifying offer for a little bit more money right. for one season. He could but have. At, but at the same time, I don't blame Wilson for taking that. I don't blame him either. That contract, but you know, some fans are ignorant. No, I don't blame him either. And I think like sometimes I don't know about you guys. I feel like we're in the Stone Age. Like I really do. Theo good, Jed bad. Theo yeah. good, Jed Jed bad. <laughs> Theo good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Are, oh, are yeah. we like Theo World Series? Jed bad, Jed monster. Like <laughs> he was a part of that. Yeah. What That's, the fuck are we yeah. doing here? Like, let him at least try before you were Theo bad or Theo good, Jed bad. Like we are not in the Stone Age. I swear, Rod, you're gonna make me laugh because you're dying. <laughs> It's so true, though. It's so, you're right. It no, is. it is so true. That's why I'm laughing because it's fucking hysterical. Move on. It's so true. Yeah. Oh, I love these guys, the man. Slogan, but just move <laughs> on. We're not in the Stone Age anymore. Take, take out, get rid of the Flintstone mobile. We're moving on. We're trying to win with a new group. There's one person left here that was with the World Series team. Technically, two, if we count David Ross. And honestly, speaking of that, just not that guy's. There's a high, high chance that that guy's going to be gone before the end of this year. There is short leash, and and look, I feel like I'm the guy that's like people are going to look at me and hate me. Like you hate all the World Series core members. Absolutely not. I cried when they won. I cried the next year, the first game I went to, uh, because I was like, these. This is the team that did it. Holy shit, this is the team that did it. So. Don't tell me I don't appreciate these guys, but I'll tell you right now, there comes a time, especially like Ju said, uh, you know, I'm not celebrating any more World Series because I want to win more. 
I'm to that point. I've been to that point. We've been talking about it for a while. This team will spend money again. It sounds like they're ready to spend money again. They've already spent some money. Let's move on. Let's go. It's time. Yeah, and I think I think you guys both put it really really well. And truthfully, like I think my kind of thoughts, some of them echo what you guys had to say, and I, I have a little more to add. But I, I'm happy for Willie. He got paid. Man made eighty seven and a half million dollars. Like the Hell guys, yeah. the guy's been been stuck in arbitration for how many years? He finally got to go to free agency, and he got a big payday. Good for him. That's generational wealth. That's going to take care of him and his family. It's going to take care of his grandkids. Good for Willie. I am happy for Willie. I, I have a lot of the same feelings I had when Jed went to or Jed Dexter went to St. Louis. Like, damn it, it's going to be really shitty seeing you in Cardinal Red. But I still like you as a person. I like you as a player. I still appreciate every single thing he did. You know, if I attend a game, the the first game he comes back and they do the montage, I'm going to be up there cheering for him and appreciating him. This is the thing that I think a lot of Cubs fans. Cubs fans in general are some of the most loyal fans when it comes to players. And that can be a good thing and a bad thing. And I think we see why it's a bad thing on the south side of Chicago in front offices um, in terms of too much loyalty. And it's not necessarily a bad thing to be loyal to these guys and appreciate what they did, right? Because they did. They were a part of that team that broke the greatest arguable curse and drought in professional sports. They brought a – a Chicago Cubs World Series to the city of Chicago. But like you guys said, every every good thing comes to an end. That's just natural. That's the way it is. And not everything can be a 15-year run like people want it to be. That's just not realistic. That's not life. That's not sports. That's not anything. The fact that there were teams that were able to keep it together for as long as they did is all the more reason it's incredible. Like the fact that Cubs were able to keep that core together as long as they weren't actually have some level of success is a success in itself. And I, I think, you know, what we're also seeing is it's a changing of the guard. The Cubs have identified guys they want to keep. The Cubs have also identified that baseball is changing. And we're seeing that with the rule changes. We're seeing that with just how guys are playing nowadays. Let's just, let's, let's, <clears throat> Say it with me, guys. Let's call a spade a spade. A spade. Let's go. It was calling because, like, Wilson's thirty-one years old and he's a catcher. There's very few. We see it with Jan Gomes, right? Jan Gomes will come through and have a big hit every once in a while. But you're lucky if Jan Gomes hits two thirty for you because mm-hmm. his knees are shot. He's he's there to be a defensive catcher. He's there to call games. He's there. That's his contribution to the lineup. If Willie's knees are going to be preserved. Like, and I, again, I'm not bashing the guy. I'm just, I, there's a saying my older brother said and a, a quick little story for everybody. I'm just warning everybody watching with us. We are going to probably go at least an hour on this episode. Cause we do have a couple more things we want to talk about after this, but there there's, there's, there's something that my older brother always says. And for quick context, for those that don't know, I, I have two older half siblings. My older brother is 10 years older than I am. We same dad, different moms. Um, you would never know it though, because we're the same person. The only difference is he doesn't have a beard, he's clean shaven, he has a buzz cut, he's in the army, he's tatted head to toe. But we sound like the exact same person when we speak our mannerisms, cadence, etc. So I'm gonna say it exactly the way he would say it. And if my old man's watching, he's probably gonna laugh hysterically because he's heard this probably numerous times. My older brother will always say, He's like, Hey man, facts are facts. He goes, I'm just on the side of the truth. 
And that's what I'm about to speak here to you guys. I'm on the side of the truth, and here's why. Because Wilson Contreras, outside of the 2016 season, right, because obviously he came up late in the year, had a great run, obviously playing all over the field that year. Wilson Contreras' career high in games played is 138 in one season, which for a catcher is still fucking banana lands. And if the DH was in the NL, I promise you right now that number would have been higher if that was the case, because that number came in 2018. But even the last two years now that we've, you know, and even this year where we saw the DH, how many seasons have we seen Wilson get hurt? He has injury yeah. history. They're not like, you know, season ending injuries by any means, but he gets banged up. He takes a lot of, yep. he's taken a lot of miles, not necessarily even just on his knees, but just on his body in general. He's a hard, he plays hard. And sometimes guys that play hard pay for it in just terms of how your body physically responds. So, you know, in a lot of ways for the Cardinals, this is a gamble because they are saying, Hey, we are going to go get the best catcher to replace the mediocre shit bag that people think is a hall of famer. And, you know, we're going to pay them very respectfully. $87.5 million ain't nothing to sneeze at, boys. I would take 87 and a half for way worse things than playing baseball. Like, and they're taking a chance. He's 31 years old. Like, who's not to say that his body starts to break down and he has to become like a first base DH in the, in the next yep. two or three years? Which, for the Cardinals, I think they could justify 17 and a half, but you have Goldie. Like, how many more years is Goldie going to play? So it's not like it's an easy, like, oh, yeah, we'll need a first baseman in two years. Like, we'll just bump him over at that point. And he's athletic enough where you can play him around the field. But I, I really do like what you said, Joey. It, he went to the team that's going to give him the most time behind the plate because that's what he wants to do. He's a catcher. He, they just It's in his blood. It's in his DNA. It's in his competitive nature. He wants to play catcher. And he's going to go do that. And he's going to get a chance to do that. And I'll tell you what, man. I hope he, he plays incredibly well. I hope he's fantastic. The Cubs probably aren't going to have an all-star worthy catcher for years. So I hope he makes the NL all-star team for a couple more times before he's done. I just hope every time he plays the Cubs, he goes over for four. That's all I'm saying. Like, that's all I want to see. He can, he can go fucking three for four against every other team in the, in the entire league. But every time they play the Cubs, buddy, maybe one for four, you can get your single. Just don't do any meaningful damage. Don't break my heart like that. That's all I'm asking. See, and, I'm like, I, I, I want him to go like four for four, two home runs, and the Cubs win by – like they're both solo shots and the Cubs win yeah, by – that that's fine too, like, as long as the Cubs are actually doing it. But like I swear to God, if he's thing in that uniform, but, though, it will suck. I don't I don't need him. I don't need him walking off the Cubs or some bullshit in a yeah. game. Like that's gonna make me that's gonna be like a oh, you bastard. Like that's the yeah. song. What if what if he does the Sox game fat flip past the ball? You know what? Mm, Honestly, though, if he gets the opportunity to do it, I won't be mad at him. I'll be like, you know what? Good for you. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you good. should do that. You I know? just I just want if, if there's any St. Louis fans out there listening, because I'm sure there's not any good St. Louis podcasts out there to listen to. Uh, I just want any of you St. Louis fans that know me from the past, I just want you all to know that I've kept receipts. <laughs> I've kept receipts. Every time you talk shit about Wilson Contreras, I just oh, yeah. want you to know I've got receipts and I'm throwing them out there the first time you want to start praising them. So oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's going to be, there's gonna be a lot of that. And, and, hey, at the same time, don't be shocked. Don't be shocked if, if they – if like, I hope he does well, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they treat him like they treated Dexter Fowler. So, you know, because that's that's St. Louis for you. But yeah, that's St. Louis. Yeah. That's a shitbag city for you. But guys, just really quickly to kind of round out the Wilson Contreras talking in a little bit of my monologue here is I kind of alluded to this in a tweet that I said earlier. 
everybody, you know, I had a bunch of my buddies that are Sox fans texting me throughout the day. Oh, are you okay? Do you need to grieve? And I'm like, guys, I, we've had a whole calendar year to go through this grieving process. The rumors that he was on the trade block yeah. started last winter. Oh yeah. Well, I we went through the 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 reality that he was probably not going to be a Cub after the trade deadline. Then they keep him. Then we all accepted the fate that he probably wasn't coming back. I've already gone through my grieving process. I'm numb. I'm numb to him leaving at this point in terms of like being visibly upset about it because we we already rode that roller coaster. I rode that roller coaster so many times. I don't like roller coasters. I rode that roller coaster so many times I've already puked in three fucking puke bags. Like I'm good. I, I got it out of my system. No Rage and Bull at Six Flags for you, Ron? Fuck yeah. no, dude. I went on Viper and I was like, I'm good, dog. Like I don't do roller coasters. But like that's I think that's where I'm at personally. And that's just kind of what to wrap it up is I'm happy for Wilson. He got his money. Good for you, big dog. As person to person, hell yeah, you go get your bag, baby. I'm not mad about that. But, you know, it, it, it still sucks that he's going to St. Louis. And it's, but you know what? There is a little bit, there is a small part of me that's excited for the first time St. Louis plays at, at Wrigley next year. Yeah. Cause he's still going to get a warm welcome. People oh, love Willie. He'll get a standing. Yeah, he's still, he's, like, still, he's still so it. respected. He, he he's going to be appreciated, but guys kind of wrap down the show here. We, we still got a little bit of time, but, but you know, we won't, we don't got, don't got to go too crazy here, but I want to start talking about a little bit of hypotheses, right? Cause I'm, I'm hoping we're back on the microphone one more time, at least this week, um, talking about the Cubs signing somebody preferably tomorrow, but I want to throw this back over to you guys and start talking about things here and kind of breaking some things down of give me one or two guys that you think the Cubs are going to sign before we'll say the end of next week. Cause right. I'm not, I don't know how much more they're going to do necessarily at the winter meetings, but because of all these conversations that have been had, I'm willing to bet there's going to be a string of transactions that happen after like the technical conclusion of the winter meetings that, you know, are pretty close after, Give me like one or two guys that you're just like, I think the Cubs could get this. Now, not that you want to see, that you think they're gonna get. Like, I want to know who who are the Cubs signing? One to two, one or two guys that they are for sure signing based on how things are going. And yeah, like Jeremiah said, tonight would be great for guys to get signed because then we're for sure doing another podcast tomorrow. Um, but talk to me. Who who do you guys think? And Joey, I'll I'll let you lead this one off, my friend. Who will we get? You know, I'm probably not the best one to start with because I feel like I'm to the point, Ron, with the shortstops conversation where I just – just show me. Like, what w- what's going to happen? Like, the following the rumor mill is fun. It's it's throws you for a loop. It's like I can get sucked into it just like anyone else. But, like, I'm kind of the point where when it's announced, it's announced, and I don't really want to make a prediction. I'm still holding out hope that like, I think they're going to land one. There's too much smoke. I really believe that there's way too much. There's been too much talk. They know how much of a need it is that there's going to be a shortstop landed. Personally, I'm predicting Dansby Swanson, I guess at this point. Um, But I guess like who do I, otherwise I really think that they're going to get, I guess I'll say Sanga because I think that that's a really good pairing is like getting Sanga and Swanson. So, and I don't know. I, I'm holding. I don't know what shortstop they're going to get. Just get one. I think they're going to get one. I like not it. to I like not it. to I'm, not to copy Joey, but I like I'm being dead serious. I, it's not. 
like we said on the last episode, I would I'm on the Correa train, but who I think they're going to get, I think I think the more and more we talk about it before the show, I think uh, Swanson makes the most sense. Uh, I, to be honest, I think it's between uh, for him. I think it's between Atlanta and Chicago, and I don't think Atlanta's going to bite on uh, maybe what he wants as far as uh, money. And uh, yeah, I think I, I think Singa. I think there's been too too much connection with the two uh, between you know as far as with us and them. And uh, yeah, as far as uh, Swanson, I think I think that makes the most sense. Uh, hey, the fiance lives in in Chicago. People can say what they want. That's a big factor. I know it sounds silly, but uh, look at Freddie Freeman last year. Look at Turner, East Coast look, family. Look at Trey Turner. Location, you know, if he can't go to uh, – if, if, if he can't stay in Atlanta, Chicago is pretty close. Look at look at Zach Wheeler signing with the Phillies over the White exactly. Sox. Same dollar value, but because he was closer to family, he chose Philly. Exactly. Yep. And I know people, people – Location, say, location, yeah, location. People, people can say what they want. Oh, that's not a big deal. It is. It is a big deal, especially like not to sound like the old part, but whatever. Like the older you get, the more you realize. Like, I mean, location is a – location and uh, just convenience – yeah. Uh, just everything like that. And so just think, and, and honestly, I think the more I read about it, the more I see it and all, everything like that, I think Correa looks like he may be getting closer to the Giants. The Giants got a huge bag of money. The Padres have a huge bag of money. Uh, I think one of them two may make a spin for uh, for Correa, but I think uh, I think Swanson makes the most sense right, right now. Now, tomorrow I might wake up and think, oh, my gosh, I may read a tweet from whoever uh, and, and completely change my mind tomorrow, but Right now at 939, uh, Swanson makes the most sense. I like it. I like it. A couple of our comments, too. Uh, appreciate you guys jumping in here late, man. Hey, we missed you guys. Uh, thanks for hopping in. Jack, our buddy Jack R says, uh, he thinks we're he thinks we're getting Correa. I like the well, confidence. Hey, I hope he's right. Um, he's and right. Jeremiah says, wants Correa. I agree with that. I think the the natural feeling at this point, right, is wanting Correa because of it probably is going to only be one shortstop. Real quick, um, real quick though, with Correa, yeah. just just to think, the one thing with if if we get Correa, my opinion, I think that's it. I think that's it this offseason because I think just what he's going to ask annually after that, I think uh, that's it. Yeah. I disagree. You think it'll, you think it'll be there'll be more. Do do you are you saying free agent wise like as far as signing guys yeah the signing because maybe I, well, I mean I still think there may be a couple small deals here I was gonna say you're talking big big dollars you're talking big okay. like like we get Korea uh, Singa I don't think Singa's coming I don't think uh, not not it not a Bassett not a Rodon maybe we trade maybe we trade for a a Murphy Sean Murphy I don't know but as far as I think with Swanson, you sign Swanson, which, like we said, makes more sense. It still leaves the possibility of signing a Singa, uh, Bassett, stuff, like, and maybe even picking sure. a first baseman. I don't know. Yeah. Or a third so, baseman, whatever. The, the reason why I kind of disagree slightly, and maybe you're right about the big signings, right? Maybe if they get Correa, I, I guess we kind of talked about that earlier. Maybe they don't go get a Singa. So I guess – I'm not even necessarily disagreeing with you, but I think if you're going to go over the top, this is the season to do it because you have a lot of money falling off the books next year and and potentially even more money falling off the books 
uh, with like opt outs and things like that, like Stroman and, you know, you do have Hayward's contract and coming off and like, there's a lot that's coming off. So if you're going to theoretically overspend this year and break that luxury tax and sacrifice some things to do it, I think this yeah. is the this is the maybe the year this is the to year. do it, and then next year you hop back under. So because because next off season you've got Otani, which everybody's going to be on Otani, and his asking price is going to be ridiculous. You've got Otani, uh, probably Machado, and maybe uh, Devers as far as like big money guys. I know Matt yeah. Chapman comes off too, but like you've got basically Otani, and, and you know Otani Machado, and then everybody else. But like that's it. And everybody's going to be like the odds, your odds of getting them are pretty slim. So, yeah, it's like, a crapshoot at that point, yeah, right? Like, so, like, like you said, and don't get me wrong, we would love to have, you know, sure, everybody would love Otani, but uh, like you said, just to agree with you, Joey, uh, this is this is the off season to do it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and and, and really quick before I, I give my two cents here, I just want to go to a comment here because I think this is just interesting and I appreciate. Uh, uh, I believe a new friend commenting. I don't know if we've we've seen Mr. Blake will do it. Um, but he says, don't know why Dansby is hated. I don't know if he's hated, but I understand where he's getting at here. He hits 275 with 25 homers, is good at stealing bags and probably the best defensive shortstop in the league. And I agree. I think I think I think if if it wasn't for Correa, Turner, and Bogarts yeah. also being out oh, there, yeah. Dansby's exactly. probably the number one shortstop in the exactly. market. It yeah. just so happens that four four elite shortstops hit the market all at the same time. And I think that's why he's a little slept on this offseason. And maybe people are like, oh, I don't want Dansby because he's just not the the sexy pick right now because there are that's what it is. Arguably sexier picks on yeah. the market. So I, I I agree with that. And yeah, I, I Blake is hundred percent correct here. Everybody just wants the big name. So yeah, um true. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give two quick stances here. I'm gonna give a meatball stance and I'm gonna give a realistic stance. My meatball stance is they still get Bogarts and Swanson and then they go get mm-hmm. Corey Kluber to fill out the rotation. Um because then they won't spend on Sanga, I think, if they could go those two. Realistically, I've convinced myself it's Dansby. It's gonna be I, I think it's gonna be Dansby. Um I don't hate that. I, I just I think it's gonna be Dansby. I think Correa is now playing with really big dollars between the twins, the giants and the Padres. I think those are the three teams it's going to come down to for him. I think Bogarts truthfully does end up going back to Boston. I think the the negotiations being that way, wouldn't be surprising to see him return to Boston, especially because I think Boston is preparing to lose Devers next off season. So I think they're willing to maybe pony up a little more dollars to keep a guy like Xander in the fold. Um, and they just added uh, that big outfielder from Japan. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Kushida, I think is his and like, last name. And like we said at the beginning of the show, uh, they just signed Kenley Jansen too. Yeah, so like Boston's kind of reloading. Um, so you know, I, I think I could see that happening. But I think if they end up getting just Dansby guys, I really think they get two pitchers, and maybe they do stay away from Rodon, Bassett, and, and like a Nivaldi. But I could honestly see them going out and like two names for some reason that are just screaming at me, especially for a team that loves reclamation projects um, and guys that maybe don't appear to be sexy, but are effective. I, I, I'm still going to hammer on Corey Kluber. We've seen the reports yep. that the Cubs were kicking the tires on Corey for yep. much of the off season. I think Kluber's one name we get to see. Um, I think there's an outside chance that Noah Syndergaard gets signed by the Cubs for one year. And they say, hey, let's yeah. let us let us work with you in the pitching lab a little bit for the next three months before been, the season. 
he's been very quiet. This I haven't heard nothing. It's been it's been camp very quiet. So that's that's where I'm yeah, leaning. I think it's I think it's Dan's being a couple of underrated pitching ads because Kluber was pretty good last year. Like a yeah. lot of people don't realize because he's older and he play, he pitched in Tampa, but he had a really nice year yeah, as a starter. So and a lot of familiarity there because of Carter Hawkins and and the Cleveland connection too with a guy like Kluber. So that move also kind of makes a lot of sense from that standpoint, gentlemen. Um, we're a minute in or a minute, an hour and four minutes. Feels like it this. Yeah, you know, it, it, it flies by, man. It just be that it just be that way. Um <clears throat> I'm gonna address just a quick comment here too, Jensen. I think you guys will agree with me. It, not a shot at anybody. I think it's just an interesting question. Jeremiah asks, why not bring Craig Kimbrell back? And I have a quick, quick monologue on this. I think the way the Cubs are building their bullpen into the future, you will never see them spend significant dollars on a bullpen pitcher ever again. I think they're going to develop guys in-house. When they get too expensive, they'll let them move on, and they'll just bring up some no-name guy like a Brandon Hughes to come in and fill in again. They have the pitching lab. They have that that you know Carter Hawkins and, and um, Dan Kantrovitz just pipeline of being able to, to identify pitching. I think that's why Craig Kimbrell doesn't come back. And look at what some of these relievers are getting, right? Canley Jansen, who admittedly has been a bit of a roller coaster over the last three or four years. He, he had a pretty good year last year, but he, he got 16 mil. That's a lot of yeah. money for a guy that pitches one inning a night. Like yeah. that's what I think a lot of people need to understand is the Cubs had one of the best bullpens in baseball. And it was also one of the cheapest bullpens in baseball. And that is a, that is a fucking cheat code. If you have oh, yeah. that combination, because you can spend elsewhere. So not, not take a shot. It's not a shot at Jeremiah. I just, I think he brings up a fair point that a lot of people are probably going to ask, are the Cubs going to go spend heavy on a reliever heavy? No. Could I see them bring back a guy like maybe Andrew Chafin to be like that pricey reliever? Who's probably still only going to cost you maybe six or $7 million. Yeah, I could see that happening, but I don't think a, a Craig Kimbrell or a you know a trade for like a Liam Hendricks because he's reportedly on the block think, from the south side. The ten million plus days of Cubs signing relievers per year is, I think, dead and gone. And to be honest, I think yeah. the only time we would make a, a move for a, a a relief pitcher like that, if it not to not to bring back you know old memories, but it would be like a situation like twenty sixteen where like going we to get were, Chapman. We were right there. You're right. That was an obvious you needed, need. You needed a closer needed. and you went and got an elite yeah. closer. Yep, yeah. I agree. I agree. Maybe so, you're not um, giving up to Glaber Torres, but that was yeah. like we're breaking the curse move. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was well and you know what? Glaber really hasn't panned out to be again. Yeah. This is and this is I will save this model. It was a win-win trade, really. I yeah. think, in my opinion. Well, but even then, like a lot of people have been underwhelmed by Glaber's performance in New York. And, and this is just one quick thing I'm going to remind people. Just because a, a prospect ranks in the top 20 in baseball exactly. or anything like that does not mean a fucking thing about if he pans out. Exactly. That's, a, that's the one thing I, I've had to talk friends of mine off ledges about because they're like, well, why would you extend Ian Happ if you have Brennan Davis and all these other guys in the outfield coming up? I'm like, boy, there is no guarantee any of those dudes make it as as They're not guaranteed. There is no guarantee. You're more guaranteed with a guy like Ian Happ who has produced at the yep. major league level. So that's why, a pro, a, a, you know, a prospect but, is just a prospect until he's just not. a prospect until he's not exactly. So I, again, I will save that that what will end up being a 25 minute monologue for another episode, but uh, just something to keep in mind there as well. Guys, I do want to pitch it around the horn really quick here. And I mean, really quick. I have a final thought that I want to share that I think we'll all appreciate. So I'll save mine for the end. Um, Tyler, final thoughts before we sign off for the night. Uh, Let's see here. Don't, don't get overwhelmed. Don't get, you know, fans, guys, everybody out there. Don't get upset. And by the end of the night, 
nothing's happening. Like if the west, if the rest of the winter meetings is over, chill out. It's gonna be. I mean, just because the winter meetings is over and we didn't sign a shortstop doesn't mean a damn thing. So uh, at the same time, keep your eyes open and uh, be careful with what you read on Twitter, <coughs> John Heyman. Yeah, don't get got. I got got today by a fake Xander Bogarts account, which kind of pissed me off. So um, it is what it is. Joey, final thoughts. Well, we all got got by a Coke bottle figure. Um, Coke Hamels apparently is making a turn. <laughs> John Hamill, like you're referring to. But no, man, I, I'm i hoping that nothing get, happens before I can release this Dansby Swanson article. I've been working on it a little bit. Then I get distracted. And then I, I, I go back and I add little details to it. And all I'm going to say is this. I think underneath Dansby Swanson, there's more than meets the eye. There's not only is he an all-around good player that we've talked about being underrated, but I think there's some untapped potential there still. And you guys kind of talked about it a little bit on the last show. And I know Jake Bouge, our guy, was in the comments. Um you know, talking about he's kind of talked himself into Dansby Swanson, and I, and I agree. Like, I think there's a, another level to Dansby's game. Now, you're talking about bigger bases too. Who's the guy of these three that has the most speed? It's Dansby Swanson. It's probably he could be like a 30-30 guy with the bigger bases. We don't know how that's going to play, right? Really, what people are looking at with him, they don't like the on-base percentage and the strikeout rate, and that's what pretty much takes down his WRC plus mostly because the power production's there. He's still hitting for a decent average. The underlying metrics, like the hard hit rate, all that stuff, like the barrel rate. You compare it next to these other guys. I'll save a little bit for the article. I really want you guys to dive into that or like read it when it comes out. And I hope I'm hoping nothing happens. Even if it does, I'll still get it out there. But a uh, little teaser for that. And yeah, I, I do think that Dansby Swanson is a hell of a freaking player. And he's, he hits for more power than any of these other guys, too. And not to say that that's everything, but let's not treat him like he doesn't provide any offense while providing that awesome defense that we want because that's just not the case. Like, it's just – it's name value right now. That's really what's going on. Yeah, and, and taking a quick look around the league based on the MLB.com article, um, of all free agents that are available this offseason – Dansby Swanson's like the fifth or sixth highest war player that was available. That includes guys like Aaron Judge and some of these other guys that have already signed. So keep that in mind. Like, he was really good. It just so happens he's the fourth best of a bunch of elite shortstops that are all in the market at the same time. Uh, Jeremiah has a quick um, final thought for us here, too, really quick. He said Juice was supposed to bring me pretzels, and he's sad now. Damn. Um, Juice's voice needed a night off, so Juice will be back. Don't worry, Jeremiah. We'll get you those pretzels. Um, my final thought, it actually comes – uh, via a hopeful future friend of the program, um, but a guy that I think we all admire here and respect um, very highly. He's over um, at out at out of the vines on Twitter, Mr. Greg Huss. Um, and it relates back to uh, your point about Wilson Contreras was the longest tenured uh, cub in terms of in the organization. Uh, here is his tweet. Longest tenured members of the Cubs organization. Uh, number one currently is David Bodie. Uh, the 2012 draft, he was an 18th round pick. Kyle Hendricks, 2012 trade, obviously from Texas for the Ryan Dempster deal. Um, it makes him number two. Edward Alzali is number three. With the uh, He was an international free agent in 2012. And number four is Justin Steele, friend of the program. He was uh, a fifth round draft pick in 2014. However, technically... 
with a little star next to it and a little question mark. Newly unretired Trey Lang, 2012 sixth round pick, would be number one on the list as long as tenured Cub, if you want to go by when they joined the organization and not duration of years. Uh, again, a fun fact and a shameless plug back to our interview with Trey. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. You can watch oh, it on okay. YouTube. I think it's worth watching. Um, but if you if you have to just you know pop in the headphones on the way to work or something um, – Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, go check that interview out. It was electric, and uh, certainly we're hoping to, to have him back on the show. And, and quick uh, quick little round of applause and kudos to Joey for uh, reaching out. And, 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 and I'm glad everybody liked it, man. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm, I mean, Trey's our guy now for life. Like, uh, just such an awesome dude, man. And I appreciate you guys for, you know, watching, listening, and you giving me props for that, letting me kind of, like, host the show when, you know, you're – the normal host, but like Trey is, he's just such an awesome dude, man. Like I, I really encourage anyone that hasn't seen it because you get to know him, the story, um, the grind back. Like everybody talks about the grind, the grind, mm-hmm. try taking eight years off of professional baseball yeah, and then coming back and then throwing close to 98. And then, you know, you're with the Cubs and you're next to Justin Steele. And I mean, there's a lot more baked into that, but, and I won't like keep going here, but uh, it was just a really fun time, man. And honestly, it was just a great time to be able to sit there and have those discussions with them. So Absolutely, you got, it was a great job, both of you guys. Like I was telling y'all before the show, I finally got to uh, finish listening to it today, and both of you guys. I mean, it was it was great. I wanted like just like you said at the end of the episode, I want to run. I wanted to run through a brick wall for that guy. Like he's a guy. Like I want to root for him now. I don't care if he's on if he plays, you know, double A, triple A. Gets called up wherever he's at. I want. I want to root for that guy this year. Yeah, hell yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and 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 Joey, man. I mean, you, you nailed it down. You, it was your show to run with, and uh, I, I'm not the normal host. I'm just the big talking, loud voice that brings everybody into episodes. That's all I'm good for around here. And as that big loud voice, I do want to remind everybody. That Cubs on Tap is the official Cubs podcast of the On Tap Sports Network. Be sure to check out all of our great work over at ontapsports.com and at ontapsports.net on social media. You can follow the pod specific accounts here at Cubbies on Tap, C U B B I E S. That's Twitter and Instagram. Um, posted uh, Brian Lefevre's awesome uh, thank you Willie video that he made today. Um, be sure to check that out. That was that was really cool that he did. Um, I'm at yeah, thanks, that's a good plug. That yeah. is an awesome video if you haven't seen yeah. that. Big, big shout out to Brian and Mr. Lefevre there. Um, he's at Joey Knows Nothing. I'm at Loose on Tap. He's at Teddy Freddy 270. You know where Juice is. He's at Juice on Tap. Uh, and be following all of our others as well. Um, you know, you know our, our boys, Brandon Kane and, and, and Rob Wegley, who do a lot of great stuff for us here on the Cubs side of the house as well. Um you know the drill. Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks. Busy night at Ontap Sports Set as well. The Bears guys were on tonight. The Bulls guys, I think, are on right now. Uh, the Sox guys were on tonight. It was a busy night of podcasts over here at Ontap Sports Everybody's firing right now. Everybody's, Everybody's firing. firing on all cylinders. So be sure to check out all of those. And yes, Cubs fans, again, we we all have friends that like the Southsiders. Our boys over at Sox on Tap do do an incredible job. Um, even if I'm always beefing with NWI Steve on Twitter. Um, and, and constantly reminding him about, um, you know, just how piss poor that organization is. I have to, I haven't posted that, that, that rant yet on the TikTok clip of, um, 
me calling out Sox fans, oh, Tyler. Yeah, you I haven't posted to. it yet. That's going to be tomorrow, and I'm going to watch no. the world burn, and I'm going to be very – that might actually go on Twitter too. I might let that one get to the Bluebird app and just watch the world burn, and I can't wait. Exactly. Like I, exactly. I might do it for my own enjoyment at this point because why not, right? Like why not? Do it tomorrow. Or just do it at a time like you know when they they make a signing this offseason. They're all happy. Oh, oh they wait, did. Just a sec. They did you didn't see they made they made a minor league signing today? Oh, you've got to drop it then. Drop it. Big drop one it tomorrow. Dude. He's a switch hitter guy. Yeah, they're on oh. cloud. They're on cloud nine right now. Just drop it. Just drop it tomorrow. <laughs> Crush their I'm, hopes. I'm Crush swinging. Their dreams. I'm swinging. I'm absolutely fucking swinging for the fences. Uh, that'll be fun. But again, OnTapSportsNet.com, add OnTapSportsNet on social media. You can follow us there. Uh, the OnTapSportsNet. Go ahead and check out what is on tap in Chicago sports. Also, Joey, you look like Dansby Swanson, according to our new friend Blake. will do it. Um, do I? I see it too. That shit's really funny, actually. I saw that comment come through, and I was like, I got to share that because you absolutely <laughs> fucking look like – if you grew the hair out a little more, you 100% look like Dansby. Yeah. I, I fucking love it. I – Respect the absolute my, shit out of that. Maybe that's my long Great lost comment. brother, man. That's why I've been. Maybe. That's why I've been pushing for him. Lately. It's it's that inner know. it's that interstellar connection that you two have. That you're just like he needs to be a Chicago Cub. It just needs to happen. Um, yep. Blake will do it. Elite comment. Uh, and elite this, comments from all of you guys as well. By the way, in the comment section, as always, you guys are the absolute best. Thanks for popping in uh, and being a part of the conversation as well. Joey, what do you got for us, real quick? Oh, I was gonna say this is actually this could play into my favor like really nicely. Like I could I could go around Wrigley and people I'll just put on a Swanson jersey and just I'm, like have a hat and stuff. And like I mean he's a I little taller, saying, I'm pretty sure. But you yeah, know, put, put me on stilts or something. I mean, can make Joey. I think I, I think I think next year for Halloween, if Dansby signs with the Cubs, we need you to be Dansby Swanson for Halloween. Dude, you know you know how many people are gonna be coming up to me and asking for autographs, and I'm gonna I, be like. I I'm gonna, gonna, hope oh, that oh, happens. Oh. I hope that happens. We'll have to we'll have to go out in Wrigleyville too when it happens. So like you get oh, a bunch awesome. of actual Cubs fans that are like, you actually look like him, and you'll be like, Yeah, I'm you know, maybe a little shorter, but that's okay. Like we're, you know, we're here. That's all right. That's all right. Hey, nonetheless, man. And uh I'll hit him with this and be like, is he Italian? No. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right dudes hey what do you guys say i'm hoping we're back on the mic before the end of the week for those listening at home if we're not um surely we'll be back next week i'm, I'm sure at some point um and you know keep your eyes keep your eyes on the old bluebird app uh shit's going to be popping off probably over the next week or two um obviously things will slow for a little while probably closer to christmas and then i would imagine after the first of the year it'll pick right back up again so um it'll be busy and hopefully the cubs are very busy because we like when uh signings happen because that's cool and tough so gentlemen what do you say we get out of here the only way we know how it comes on tap hey love you willie but fuck them cardinals especially today especially and as always, let's go, Cubs.